What's up, y'all? This is Tony Powell, and you're listening to Powell to the People, the podcast, episode 236. Once again, the greatest, the finest cast in all of podcast stuff has reconvened to talk that stuff. When I want to know what's going on with the New York City transit scene, there is absolutely no expert I have more faith in than my cousin, Mr. Keith Powell. What's going on, Keith? Man, I am good, and it's great to be here with the family once again. And when I want to talk local TV news, there is nobody, no expert I have more trust in than my favorite director, who's also my favorite brother, Mr. Mark Powell's in the house. What's going on, Mark? What's up, fam? What's up, world? And when I want to talk local New York City real estate, who do I go to? I go to the man they call Mr. Eddie Kane Jr. The world calls him Derek Powell. I simply call him my cousin. What's going on, DP? Everything is good. Always good to be in the cipher with the cats. How are my brothers doing? We are well. Um, you know, I, something happened over the weekend, and I, I, I said, let me just let me start the podcast talking about it. Um, this weekend, the late great, arguably the greatest football player of all time, Jim Brown, uh, passed away at the ripe age. I believe he was eighty-two. No, he was 87, sir. 87. Wow. Okay. So 87 years old, Jim Brown. And, you know, it, it's when these things happen, there's always these retrospectives. And I started watching, I was on the NFL channel. I started watching, like, you know, how they, you know, the NFL films about Jim Brown and, you know, just listening to the stories and the people telling the stories. And I started thinking about the first time I was even aware at all of Jim Brown. It happened in a movie theater in 1971. Uh, I was there with uh, you guys, uh, Kate and Derek, and we were watching the movie Chef. But back in the day, there was like, you know, you went to the movie theater and you saw more than one movie, double feature. This happened to be a triple feature. And one of the features was this movie called 100 Rifles. That was the first time I'd ever seen Jim Brown. Mind you, at that time, Jim Brown had been retired from the league about five years, and that's when it dawned on me as I was watching these retrospectives. Jim Brown came into the league in 1957. He retired in 1966. He was actually, uh, I guess he was filming, or, or, or they started filming uh, The Dirty Dozen, and he was not going to make it back in time for camp. He was told by the owner, Art Modell, that if he didn't get his butt back there, he was going to be fined like $100 a day, which back in them days was, you know, a nice chunk of change. And Jim realized, wait a second, I'm making more money not getting hit than I would be going there. So Jim Brown played nine years. When he left, when he left, he had rushed for 12,000 yards, had more touchdowns than anybody, had been the rushing champion eight let me say that again. Out of the nine years he played, I, I was I was stunned by that number. The fact that he had only played nine years again, and I was trying to do it. Never missed a game. Uh, he 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 put these numbers up in twelve game seasons. Remember, the league expanded to like fourteen, and it went to sixteen. Now we're at seventeen. But back then, he put up those numbers in nine years and twelve game seasons. Uh, Arguably, uh, without question, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And I would, I, there's a strong argument to say that he is probably the greatest football player to ever play the game. I don't care, 
you know, people can talk about Tom Brady being the GOAT and all these other guys, but Jim Brown uh, doing what he did in the time frame that he did it uh, says a lot. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it as, you know, we, we, we suggest that Mr. Brown rest in power. You're correct, Anthony. Um, you know, you remember he played at Syracuse, went on to be drafted by the Browns. And what he did in nine years, eight years, he led the league in rushing. At that time, they didn't have no sissy calling. Uh, if you know, these guys worked out, it's true. It was no sissy no, calling. I, I'm not, I'm just laughing at your phraseology. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those guys played football back then, they played in the cold. He's in Cleveland now, you gotta remember now. It's snow, it's cold, and this cat never missed a game. He outran <laughs> the defense, and I know they wasn't blocking too much for him, dude, that he was a brother, but he did his thing. And, you know, you decide after nine years you're going to walk away. Imagine if he continued playing with his records still stand now that were broken because he probably did more damage, you know, as he continued to play on, but – he did a smart movie, went into acting, and uh, he done bought up some good movies now. You know, as you said, 100 Rifles. Uh, also, I think he did Three the Hard Way, uh, Slaughter, and a host of other movies he played in, you know. And uh, I-, I thank him for the time. Like you said, I didn't know about Jim Brown to I seen the 100 Rifles, 100 Rifles, and there was a man in the audience that <laughs> I can't repeat the statement that he said. But mm-hmm. that made me aware about Jim Brown. <laughs> you know, sleep, That's sleep in peace, about. sleep in peace, Mr. Brown, um, a hell of a football player. But we do know he has some other issues, and we just—I mean, if we're gonna talk about the guy, you thank you, be D. Fair. Whoa, whoa, thank really, you, Derek, really, really, you got it, you got to man. The, the, I mean, he should have kept on playing football and, and instead of, of hitting all the, the opponents. He was hitting the women out there, man. So you can't act like that didn't happen. It is a documented checkered pass when it comes to him being very physical with the ladies. So you got to put that exactly. out there for our female, our female listeners, man, because it's not fair to them. I could understand if it was one time. No, no, I take that back. One time is too many times. But he had, and I was looking at it because I, I think we was talking about this guy. And I'm like, ah, this is a touchy one. He could play some football. But he didn't know how to keep his hands to himself. And, you know, I think that's always going to be like that blemish on his record. Yeah. D- DP, I agree with you. I mean, football-wise, I think he's the greatest ever. I know – and when I said you say Tom Brady is the GOAT, I just say I, – I always take it as he's the best quarterback ever. The best football player ever I always had is Jim Brown. And although I never saw him play, I just go by what NFL Films said and other people said of him. And he was putting up some James Brown type numbers with regard with regards to hitting out the women. So mm-hmm. he, it's and it, you got that. It's, it's weird. I mean, I guess like all people, especially all highly successful people, they're complicated because you had this brilliant football player and brilliant lacrosse player for a sport that, I mean, I know what it is, but I I don't I don't understand the appeal to it. Not he was great that not, too. Let's not, not, not say brilliant. He was. Uh, they they say again, the best ever, the greatest ever. To yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So so he was the you know two star athlete, um, three star. Played, he, he, he played basketball in in 
high school could have got a scholarship oh, okay. basketball. Yeah, no, he was. He All was, right, so he yeah, was so he was a Renaissance man. So you, you know, so then you had that football. You had the, I guess, the shameful part of him with the domestic violence, which we can't ignore. And then you had this civil rights icon. So he he was like he was complicated. I mean, you like you you have this guy who can do this wonderful thing, strip the football. I mean, he was just an athlete. That was his job. The two outside things, this domestic violence is something that can't ignore. You shouldn't ignore it then. You damn sure can't ignore it now. Mm-hmm. But the civil rights, I mean, this is a guy who at a time when there's no guaranteed money, he wasn't getting a guaranteed contract. It wasn't like it wasn't like LeBron, and I, and I, I know we bang on LeBron a lot, but it's a lot easier for LeBron to stand up for things now when you, I think he's a billionaire, you got these, you know, Nike money and all this other money versus when you're not making a lot of money playing football and that money could end by one word coming out your mouth. So that's a big deal. So agreed. Yeah, you're gonna he's a complicated dude who did a lot. And I guess that voice is gonna be missed because not a lot of guys now who say much of anything without any real consequence. I mean, there's no consequence of LeBron saying something and you know, or I don't know who else speaks, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they had, I mean, they had so much more at stake at the time. And, yes, and Jim Brown is, is you know, I, I, to both of your points, yes, he, he definitely had problems with domestic violence. In fact, uh, one of the, the – <laughs> this is horrible. One of the stories is that, uh, you know, Jim Brown was so, you know, uh, so strong he could throw a woman up the steps. Um, so oh, – I say he's putting, I'm not laughing he's at putting up James – <laughs> James Brown yes. type numbers. Those two guys, those two Browns are putting in some work on some women. Mm-mm. So, you know, yes. guys, you think about this because we, we have gotten a little bit older and the icons that we have grown up with to watch, uh, you know, say from James Brown uh, to Ali, uh, there's so many more I can name, but it shows you as, as time goes on, they're d- disappearing on us. You know, mm-hmm. and as a kid, you never thought this would happen because as a kid, you always think you're going to live forever. It's just part of part of life. But as we get older, these stars, uh, musicians, uh, great politicians who are out, they, they're passing away before us in, right in front of our eyes. So time is not given to all of us. And with Jim Brown, as we said, you know, domestic uh, violence, you know, was a part of his, his life, which it shouldn't have been. But, you know, he's gone. We can't do nothing about that now, Jim. But, you know, next time, if you come back in his life, please keep your hands off the fucking women and you'll be all right. My brother said yeah. this. I'm not sure if he said it off air or on air, but we're at the stage now where we're going to more funerals than we are weddings. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. That's, 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 that's our stage in life. We're going to more funerals than weddings. Uh, and, it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a function of life. Uh, I, you know, just to just to to, to wrap it up, uh, you know, again, Jim Brown retired the year after he won the MVP. He was the consummate. You know, I think when they talk about guys who who leave on top, it's Jim Brown and Rocky Marciano, and there is no third. Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano, that's their one. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, that's, those are the two guys that kind of left. Left the game at the top of the game and did not ever return. Did not go back for, you know, a, a, another run at it. I think there was a time back in the early '80s when Franco Harris, your guy, was getting close to the uh, rushing record, and Jim Brown had a problem with it. 
because yes. he felt Franco spent he too much time running, that body. running, yeah, running out of bounds and 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 not you know and not dealing with it. But I think when uh, Walter Payton passed him, surpassed him, he was he was okay. In fact, he thought that that was the guy who should have gotten it, uh, and he was all right with. I it. wish he would have kept it versus Emmett. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, when we talk about and and and, and all points being taken, and, and we do make a point about about women on our podcast, we are certainly respectful of, for the most part, uh, of of women, and we cannot talk is, about. Is that around. a dagger at my brother? Ah, if you feel it, can't that be at me. I'm the shot. I'm the one. I'm the one who brought up what Jim did, man. You know, Cat was tap dancing about it and, you know, acting like he just this 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 guy, man. But the guy had an issue with his hands in women, man. And it needed me, to be put out there. And I, I put it out there. So I held it down. Let me, let, let me ask Mark and Key. Are y'all just as surprised as I am that he actually <laughs> <laughs> did not defend Jim Brown? Shocked. The word, okay. Anthony. Right, so word it's, not, it's not just me, then. I was happy my cousin stood up for it, but I damn sure was shocked. And let me be clear: I don't be shocked. But when you look at the resume, I'm like, I, and maybe I shouldn't have looked at it before. Um, you know, we got <laughs> off because you kind of forget about it. And then I said, "Well, I know he had these issues," and of course I said, "Well, maybe it ain't that bad." And then when I started reading, I'm like, "Damn, man, I can't defend you." But I, I just wanted to put it out there and let him know that, yeah, he had a. a it, it was like repeated instances. Habitual line stepper. Yes, habitual. You know, hitting these ladies. And I'm like, yo, you too big for that money, man. But, I, you know, I ain't going to tell him that. You know, that boy crazy. You know, <laughs> lot, man. But, you know, that, that that's the blemish. And, you know, you know, I, I don't know how you cannot, you know, as they talk about him and get close, you know, to his funeral, how folks won't continue to bring that up about, you know, in spite of what he did on the football field. That's a big thing right now in today's society. That domestic on, on the documentary I was watching about him on on the NFL channel, he actually mentions that, and he says um, that you know he 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 is he's highly regretful of it. He said that uh, as a young man, he did not know how to process uh, mm. process his emotions. And he certainly, you know, he said, you know, he said now, he said, you know, somebody slaps you in the face. He said, you just got, you know, as a man, you just have to sit there and take it and move on. Uh, he said, but at, at that time in my life, I did not know how to do that. So he would throw people up the stairs. So hold on, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I can't let that go, man. I know he's gone. So he, he was, and I'm just going with the way you said it. You know, right. like now, you know, a man slaps you in the face. You got to take nobody. No woman was approaching Jim Brown in an aggressive manner. I refuse to believe that. I hope that's not what he's trying. He was trying to say, because I didn't see the doc. Is that what he was trying to say? The women were approaching him aggressively. So he had to give him a backhand. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. I think he was simply saying that that. that if his coffee ain't hot, hot enough, he going upside your head. No, he was a function of that. I think he's a function of a couple uh, things. Function of a, a violent sport. I mean, a lot of those football, a lot of football players or those guys had that way of dealing with most things is violence. I mean, if they throw hands, he's a part of. He's a he's a product of his times. I mean, of that of era. You know, I mean, think about all those movies of the guy slapping a woman. Hey, 
my brother's favorite Bond, Sean Connery, uh, in, the, in the movies would slap women. Let alone, he would talk about it. He said it in the thing. So that so era of Barbara Walters. Yeah, that era of, of men thought that that was sort of the deal. I mean, you see it all the time in those old, you know, horrible black and white movies where that was the thing that you thought you could do. So he's a product of that. Now, you'd hope that some, you know, I see every night, but you'd hope that he would realize I'm a pretty big dude. So me giving a backhand to young lady X is not the same thing as me putting hands on another dude. I mean, but it's, he was complicated. I mean, a lot of those people are complicated and in no way am I defending anything like that. I'm just saying, I know he just didn't have the tools and the awareness to realize what he was doing. He may know it was wrong and probably shouldn't do it, but I don't think he, I don't think those people understood the damage that they really were doing because if you did and you still do it, then you're a psychopath. If you just do it because that's what you've always done, that's what your father did to you, or you what, then you're just a victim of sorts. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this, because you, you, you speak about the times that that was going on. If you guys are wearing a sleeveless T-shirt, what do you call it? Yeah, yeah, the white thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's called it's a white. You understand what I'm saying? Because you know when you start talking about those times, and you see those movies, those are the T-shirts that they got on. Yeah. God, God forbid, the chicken ain't hot. He got his glass of of whiskey and his cigarette, and that chicken ain't hot. You know he got that shirt on, and that's what it was called. Sure. And so we, have to change that. we have we need to change that name. We need to change yeah. that name, man. Jim Brown was 6'2", 235. Uh, probably, yeah. probably a brick shit house too. Right. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Built like a tank. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I I just not think that it was just women that he was slapping. I'm sure there's a lot of dudes. Oh, I'm pretty you know, sure who, who, yeah. who oh, yeah. everybody had that you know, get him his other. In fact, uh Bobby Mitchell, who was his uh uh, teammate and who he, you know, who Jim Brown loved, loved Bobby Mitchell, said, you know what, you know, sometimes, you know, guys would, you know, say something to Jim and, and you know, people would back away. Just back away because, you know, it was like that. Jim did not like, he said, he said this, he said, Jim did not like to be physically challenged by anybody. Right. Now he's uh, one of those dudes. He's, he's like the guy, the, the older stories you hear about Charles Oakley. They go, listen, leave that one alone. There's some guys who sell wolf, wolf tickets, and there's some guys who are actually the wolf. Leave that mm-hmm. dude alone. If Jim mm-hmm. says, pick that, you know, pick those shoulder pads up, where do you want them, Mr. Brown? <laughs> I am not going to say that. I ain't picking that up. No, no, no. That's certain guys you just just leave alone. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've been around people like that, and you just say, okay, fine. If he says it, he's not, you know, he's it's not a threat if it's reality. This is about yep. to be your reality. I'm about to put hands on you. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna be able to do anything about it. I don't care how big you are. You, you remember uh, Richard Pryor had that skit in his. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, yeah. you know, you Jim do? never did the back down, and uh, you know, as he said to the man, you know, you can let him loose or let him go and let him express himself. And he said to everybody, <laughs> "Don't never motherfucking let me go." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you said, Jim didn't back down from nobody. So you know, that's mm-hmm. just what it was. Uh, so again, uh, rest in power, uh, uh, Mr. Brown. And uh, you know, again, uh, I, I think you said said it really well, Mark. That he is, as they said about John Shaft, a complicated man that nobody understood. But 
You can't say it's woman. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. She understood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he's a compli- he's he's complex. I mean, and and it's 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 it is a, certainly a, a black mark on his his life and his career. But uh, certainly as an athlete, as an actor, as an activist, you got to add all of those two, and you got to put all and and then as a reformed as a reformed woman beater because I think he was he was married. Uh, uh, he, he left the widow behind and, and his and his. And, and his children. So, uh, and she, she was not being abused. And I think he had grown by that point. So yeah, you know, he did, he did grow and evolve. So, uh, give him credit for that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think as, as you said, Keith, you know, uh, you reach a certain point and these icons, these, these childhood heroes, uh, are, you know, going to the, to the next world. And, uh, you know, you think mm-hmm. out of that civil right movement, we only have really Kareem left out of those um, guys uh, yeah, that we yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, just Kareem. That's right. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. They, they're all gone. They're all gone. That iconic picture, yeah. It's, it's Russ. I mean, there's other guys in the background, but yeah, I mean, Russell. Yeah, of the big names. Russell though, passed, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just passed, and and Kareem is 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 the last remaining iconic uh, hero of 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 his era. Um, but there are new heroes being created all the time, and one is being created down in Miami. Mm. Uh, old old uh, Jimmy Buckets, playoff Jimmy, as they say, Jimmy fucking Butler. That's what they call him, Jimmy fucking Butler. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler is him. Um, I, I have, you know, I, I've watched a lot of, of of basketball as we all had over the course of my lifetime, um, and I've watched certain guys just elevate mediocre teams and put them on their backs. The last time I saw something like this for me was watching Bernard King uh, with those, those early eighties Knicks teams uh, in, in the playoffs where he was, he was, it was him and everybody else. Uh, but in this particular case, I don't know what's going on with this, this Miami heat team. I mean, uh, when they faced Milwaukee, I just figured after the play-in game, it was going to be a gentleman sweep for Milwaukee, and they would move on. And really, the only conversation we were going to have about the Eastern Conference was who among the uh, uh, the, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers was going to advance. Nobody else was was even in that conversation. And suddenly, Miami uh, gentleman sweeps Milwaukee. Then they take on the Knicks and beat them four two. And now they're running um, the ball, the favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had if you had placed a bet before the series started, lost a lot of money on that one. You would have lost a lot of money because Boston was highly favored mm-hmm. to win this series. I mean, the only the only bet you were placing whether it was whether or not it was going to be a sweep or a gentleman sweep. And now Boston is on the verge of elimination because there's another game at home in Miami. Mm-hmm. They playing with house money. Yeah. Please explain. I, I guess there's something to that. Although I hate the phrase, there's clearly something to that heat culture. There's something that they're doing down there with scouting, player development, Facts. and mentality that's just overwhelming these teams. Because I don't gamble, but I thought that was a sure bet that not only would they win the series, I thought they win it kind of handily, uh, the Celtics. I thought they were 
I still think they have the most talented roster left in the playoffs. But for whatever reason, there's something that's not clicking with those boys. And you can blame Missoula. You can blame Tatum and Brown. But there's something that everybody's looking to blame somebody. And very few – well, I'm not saying – I take that back. I guess not enough credit is given to Spolstra and that crew to mm-hmm. what they can do. I mean, they're just, they're just doing it. You know who they convey, um blame, Mark? Martin Vinson. Duncan, cats that you figure that would not show up, they show up and they showing out. These young guys, I think two of them have wasn't even drafted. A lot, uh, no, 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 no. The roster got, wasn't drafted. Exactly, about seven or eight of the cats on that roster wasn't drafted. And these cats are playing with no fear. They got Jimmy buckets leading them, and um, about Jimmy Butler, he is more than a leader. He has these guys believing. Yo, we could beat anybody at any time. And them guys believe, and they following him, man. And he's showing out as well. But what he has done for that team with the motivation, yo, we here in our house, we're not going to let the Celtics win. They trashed the Celtics last night. I mean, just punished them and didn't take the foot off the gas. That's what you're supposed to do when, you, when, you're, when you're playing for the championship going to, uh, to the next round. They are a very dangerous team because there is no fear, and these guys are hungry, man. When you when you get a guy like him, a superstar, who's a willing passer, and he reads the the, the passing lanes when it's time to give up that rock, no, no like like no other. And when you're wide open, and they surrounded this cat with shooters, and he gives it up, and all you you ain't got to dribble it, you just catch and shoot, and you got remember because they're. They are their man is shadowing Jimmy, you know, because they want to send a double team, and it's like the guy has their playbook, and when he kick it, these guys are wide open, and they're making the shots, and the guy last night, Vincent with the Braves, I think he had like twenty eight, twenty nine, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is this? I think he was like ten for fourteen. I'm like, is he shooting? Is has he always been this good of a shooter? Because remember. They're playing with Tyler Hero, who's a starter, because he broke his hand in the first round. Uh, it was either in the first round with Milwaukee or that playing first, stuff. First round, yeah, I think it was first like the round. first, first Remember, he, second first game. First, round, yeah. first game. First yeah, game. You know, so got hurt in. Right, that's 20 points that's gone, and they haven't missed a beat. And then when you got Bam, when he spent on Jalen Brown last night and Jalen oh and he bet exactly. I said, Oh my goodness, man. He looking <laughs> like a team out there with that African name. And then Duncan Robinson, who has been buried on that bench, he gets an opportunity to play and he is shooting that rock. It ain't touching the rim. It's barely hitting the net when it goes through. You know, so when you got Pat Riley, and remember, Spostra worked under Pat Riley, and now, you know, Spostra has the reins. You got Adonis Han, um, Hanselin, who is the, the steady vet, who he don't play, but he keeps everybody in line, and everybody is locked in, and you're playing with no fear because you ain't supposed to be there. If you remember, mm-hmm. those cats lost the first game of the playing. They're not supposed to be there. So and it's we're like losing no- the. And they were losing the second game of the play-in. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. They're not supposed to be here. So it's like anything they did after the play-in is icing on the cake, you know, and it's a lot easier to play loose 
than it is to play when you are expected to win. Now, what what's scary is when they play tomorrow night because everybody's expecting them to close it out. They are in Miami. Can they keep that same energy? I believe they can after what I saw. Last, I turned off last night game. It was I said, there's no reason for me to stay up late, be tired, and they killing these boys the way they – I said, I, I ain't doing this. I'm going to sleep, man, and woke up and saw the final score. And I said, yeah, nothing changed, man. Kudos to Miami Heat. Keep up the good work, you know, because they are really, really doing it. And like Mark said, the scouting, you got Alonzo Mourning there. That whole, the, the entire team, that group top they got bottom, there, man. top to bottom is good. Now, one thing I need to throw out there, though, on the Boston Celtics part, could have been a little different if they had Coach in Stroker. Not in Doka, in Stroker. And Stroker was still there and didn't get him up. Didn't get hemmed up with what he got hemmed up with. I think they would be a lot better. I just believe it, man. But but even with that, I mean, remember last year he was there last year and took him to seven games to finally put this team away. So mm-hmm. I think I think what's really being revealed is that, and and I think people have known this for a while, but it's just hard to really admit it. Spolstra is a hell of a coach. Facts. I know everybody talk about pops. You know, pops is a good coach. Uh, Popovich is a good coach. Ty Lue, another good coach. But Spolstra, I think, is just – he's got it. I mean, he, he seems yes. to have the right messages, the right tempo. He has fire when he's fire. He has composure when he's composure. And another thing that this Celtics team did, sort of reminded me of the, of the uh, Memphis team, is that they didn't res- respect their opponent at all. They thought, after getting past the Sixers, surviving that, they thought, I mean, come on, it's Miami. I mean, they, they don't have – they only got one guy. How can one guy beat us? Um, we don't have hero, hero, and they just totally read the clippings, listened to the clippings, and disrespected this team. And while they were out there, you know, planning their um, NBA Finals, how they're going to go about that, Miami was in the lab. Mm-hmm. Well, here's one of the things that 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 struck me. You know, you watch it, and and you watch the games and everything else. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, to your point, Spolstra is underrated as a coach you know I, you know he's, he's not overlooked but he's certainly underrated i think people are sleeping on him uh you know to your point Derek, maybe he may could have uh game planned it a little bit better but nobody was saying that about him uh, about this other uh, uh, uh kid that, uh in the last series everybody was saying oh he made great adjustments he made this he made that uh, Miami is just playing a little bit different. I, I want to ask this question because you know, as a, as a Knicks fan, um, <laughs> you all right? No, I'm so got caught my throat, man. Oh, <laughs> sorry. As a Knicks fan, I was always mad when when uh, Pat Riley left. Pat yeah. Riley has been the architect of these teams. I don't know how they seem to do it all the time. They, you know, we talked. You, you mentioned Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero wasn't on nobody's radar until he got to Miami. No, they seem to find mm-hmm. these players that nobody else can find. The fact that you're playing with how many undrafted players? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. One Seven undrafted eight. players was a D three. Was played. Was a D three guy. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Siri, I'm, I'm I'm working. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow! Would you say uh, to trigger her? I, I, you know, it's just all in my business. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how. I, I don't know how they find these players. I don't know what they do to get them down. I mean, yeah, it's it's not hard to convince somebody to come to a city that or state that has no income tax. It's not hard to convince somebody that if you're a basketball player to go to South Beach. That's not a, that's not a hard sell. But they seem to find guys that nobody seems to want or nobody seems to be aware of on a regular basis, and and they seem to continually do it. And let me ask you this question. This is for you, Mark. How you feel watching Jimmy Butler do for Miami what he could have done for Philadelphia? Well, I always go back to the, the I, I I think Elton Brand was a GM when that summertime decision came up because I think the next time that's when they brought in um I got his name now um the the president uh, whatever up Maury the the decision was and Philly messed this up the whole time. It wasn't that Joel didn't didn't want Butler there. It was Mr. Soft Simmons who didn't want Butler. He didn't want that pressure. He didn't want that. So they chose Tobias to soothe Simmons. Mm -hmm. If it was player for player, clearly, if you saw that, as I did, if you watched it when they had the trade deadline and in the playoffs, Butler's the better player. But because Simmons didn't want that, you know, pressure, he's he's weak minded. We've said we've established that thousand, thousand times. Tobias is an easier fit for a weak-minded person like Simmons than a guy like Butler who's going to be on your ass and like, listen, man, come on, come on, come on. So that's mm-hmm. that's the mistake. Of course, I'd much rather have Butler. Um, he's a better player, but they they trying to soothe Simmons screwed themselves. But Butler, I think it was from uh, what I'm hearing from what I heard. Not that you know, you know, he he didn't. Butler was there. Butler was in his ass already. He saw the writing on the wall. When when yeah. Butler would come into the locker room, Simmons be talking. He get the hell up out of there because he was getting ready to jump. He was jumping on Simmons' ass every chance he got because he's holding you accountable, and that's what Simmons didn't want. And Butler ain't nobody gonna tell Butler not to hold the players accountable because he also was on Cat Towns' ass over there in Minnesota right. because yeah. he wants folks to work and approach the game like he does this is your job we're going to play hard we're going to practice hard and if not we're going to talk about it i'm not going to be the guy acting like it's okay and i'm not the coach i'm talking to you and i'm holding you accountable they never said he got physical like you know like like mj slapped a couple of people around they never said that but they did say they did say yo it was not uncommon with ben simmons where it got to the point after practice or after a game, man, he's showering gone because he knew Jimmy had something to say to him about his play and how to get better, and he didn't want that pressure. He did not want that smoke, and that's that's the problem that you that you New Jersey Nets fans will have. Sure. Shout out to my cousin who don't talk about the Nets anymore. Um, <laughs> that you got this weak-minded talent. I mean, physically is talented, but as we've seen with the Miami Heat, they're the, the poster child for it. The talent's not the only thing that carries you. It's the mind. Those boys, you can't tell those undrafted guys that they shouldn't have been lottery picks the way they right. play. I mean, they got some kind of uh, Bootney Farnsworth hypnotism going on down there that makes these boys think that they're all Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry's out there. It's crazy. No, no. They got the fish that saved Pittsburgh. They got the Zodiac signs, baby. That's what <laughs> they're they working both. with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it, 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 it is. It has been amazing to watch 
this this particular uh, finals, I feel bad for ABC because yeah. now you're going to have a Miami <laughs> Denver finals. You know, you had a chance, and I think you were talking about this off the air, Derek, about two iconic franchises. Yep. You know, two long. I mean, like, like you know, in sports, sports is made by rivalries. If I say uh, Yankees, Red Sox, everybody knows what I'm talking about. If I say yeah. Yankees and Dodgers, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, uh, the New England and the Jets, or or, or Pittsburgh and, and 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 the Browns. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Or or or, or Dallas and Washington, these iconic historical rivalries, and now. We're going to watch Denver and Miami. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they have a chance to do the, the Buffalo Wild Wings deal where they rewind the clock and hit the button, uh, they will. Uh, so t- tomorrow's night, I mean, uh, the next time they play, that's going to be an interesting game. I'm, I'm going to watch the calls because I'm not so sure Adam Silver won't be talking to these referees going, listen, but y'all know what you got to do. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's the thing that I would fight against that. Obviously, they want Lakers-Celtics. That's... It's a no-brainer. It's it's, it's Yankees, Dodgers, Yankees, uh, you know, Lakers, Celtics, uh, Steelers, Cowboys. But remember, this is not a national game as much anymore. This is a real internet. It's still an international game, and you take in the Nicola factor. Um, that's a big deal. So while you may take a smidge hit on your domestic, even though it's the finals, you had some people watching. You still had Miami in there. That's a big draw. Internationally, I mean, the NBA sells a lot of money. Overseas, I mean, I know we still think it's just our sport, but as as told by the last what four, five MVPs, it's a, it's a world sport now. Yeah. So it's not as big as like if in the eighties, if if Denver was playing, um, who was it? Heat went around the eighties. Uh, Denver was playing, I don't know, some smaller. They would have been like, damn. But it's not as big a hit as it used to be now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, right. You, you make a good point because, uh, yeah, I guess uh, Jamal Murray is from Canada. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Killing. So, yeah, and he's killing. Killing. So. When you when you watch this tonight, because Miami, uh, the Lakers in Denver play tonight, and you watch the Lakers' body language, when Jamal Murray gets it over the last and, – and, and this has just been the last five quarters – where he's been unstoppable, and I'm like, send a double team. One guy can't do it because he's on the roll. And then if you send a double team, now you got to deal with the Joker. It's like, you know, which which poison do you pick? Anthony Glavis is tired, but Anthony has been playing pretty decent. It's just that he's playing against the Joker. And if you guys remember, I think it was last season when one of those Morris twins tried to punk him and he wound up missing about eight or nine games messing oh, oh, with that yeah, goddamn yeah. Joker. That and long. you ain't seen nobody else challenge the Joker physically and his brother, big as him, is always in the stands. Oh. It ain't no security <laughs> or nothing. And I'm yeah, always really saying, good. I'm like, when you come from them war, those war-torn countries, the Serbias and all that nonsense, Ain't nothing we can say or do to that man in United States of America that's going to punk <laughs> that guy. And Morris tried it. We ain't here for Morris. Is he still in the league after that? Yes. I'm like, God damn. Maybe she don't go to those Denver trips if he is. He got a Denver headache. Exactly. Because I'm like, damn. But I'm watching AD play, and he's playing hard. It's just that 
the Joker is he's that dude. I understand now why he's a two-time MVP because I, you know, when he's in Denver, it's a late game, and you know, yeah. I'm not seeing this as much. But now because the game's been coming on early, and we get him at eight thirty, I'm like, yeah, he's uh, he's a bad man. He's 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 a problem, man. He's really a problem. So I don't think the Lakers. Even if they put Scott Forster, he's one of the officials, no matter how stringent he can be, on the game, I don't see them winning a game against the uh, Denver Nuggets. I just don't yeah. see after what here's, I saw last game. Here's another side note about all that that I was I think there's an indictment on. I mean, indictment on, is on Missoula, and I don't think so much Ham. I think Ham is just they're just they're just play, the, the Nuggets are just they're playing better. better. Missoula right. has something else going on. But here's another little side thing that. I don't, a lot of people not talking about. At least I think that people not talking about. This is an indictment on John Calipari. If you look at these finals, and he's, he has got the league littered with Kentucky guys, and he's only got <laughs> one championship. Because think about it, like Alabama is littered with the NFL, and Lee Saban has a bunch of championships to to justify it. Calipari, this thing is just loaded with. When you go, oh, he went to Kentucky. He went to Kentucky. He got one championship, just one with all that talent flowing through there. That's Indictment on Calipari. Yeah, what is that? They don't. They don't stay yeah. around. He get you for one year, so what? and they they yeah, go into the league. He's got Cat Williams, Anthony Davis. You got the kid out there in uh, uh, Sacramento. What's his name? Um, Fox. Uh, uh, De- Darren Fox, yeah, and Fox. also uh, on the same team, Monk. Uh, and Monk. Monk. Um, and got, uh, uh, isn't Tyler Hero from Kentucky? Tyler Hero's from Kentucky. Tyler Hero. Bam. You look at these finals, you start like Kentucky, Kentucky. He's got five star replacing five star replacing five star, and he's got one <laughs> championship to show for it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, as Dirk said, they don't stay. You know, also, guy that I um, was watching with the Lakers, because they couldn't um, guard Jamal Murray, they put LeBron on him. I guess they figured he was slow. That didn't work. That didn't work at all. Then they figured they get physical with him. That didn't work at all. That young man is proven from what they lost in the bubble when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's what they lost to right. the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That he's for real, and he's mm-hmm. showing up, and he's showing out. For he's sure. giving I, all and so. You make a great point, Keith. I, I think I think people forget this, and and to your point, Derek. You know, for the longest time, when Jokic won those two MVPs, we were like, "Oh, what really?" I mean, you saw the numbers, you saw the stats. Mm-hmm. But you hadn't really seen the play because the games right. come on at 10 o'clock at night and nobody's staying up to watch Denver play at 10 o'clock at night. But now that the games are closer to prime time and mm-hmm. you're getting a chance to actually physically watch him and you get a chance to physically – I mean, like, that was the only time I really saw Jamal Murray was in the bubble when you got a chance to watch those games, you know, because there was nothing else going on. It was a pandemic. Everybody was home. So you watched. Um, now you're getting a chance to see these two guys play. They really are superstars they're superstars i mean he that that two-time mvp makes sense to me now I, you can yes. see it it's it's all there you know uh i think mark you made the point last week about larry bird being the uh yeah dad uh, said it he said yeah, he's the best no in league. And i was like how's that guy the best playing league and you watch it go damn man he's the best player in the league that's the next i was like it's not dr j it's not no larry bird's best no, he ain't. He's right. Old man was right. I think the same thing can be said about Joker right now. I mean, you know, He's now all of a sudden, the MVP talk. I mean, yeah. So Embiid won this year. Embiid had, a, had an amazing year, and Giannis won a couple of years ago. Uh, and those guys. This is not to, to, to throw any shade at them, but uh, 
Jokic's MVPs are legit. That's mm-hmm. what that's what we're yeah. learning now. It's that they're completely legit. It's not like oh, you just gave it to that. No, no, that, that there was no other way to go but to give it to him. I guess because we hadn't really seen him, we didn't know uh, that 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 he was balling at that level. As, as I said, you know, except we saw it in the bubble down in Florida, and and now we're kind of seeing it uh, before, right before our eyes, and and it's real, real talk. Uh, before we go, um, I don't know if you guys have any vacation plans. Some of me, I, we're going to be off. Um, just for our audience, uh, we're going to be off next week for Memorial Day for our international listeners. That's the day we kind of remember our our fallen war dead, started the Civil with War with the barbecue. With the barbecue, that's how we do it. We celebrate it with the barbecue. <laughs> we're, we're going to the beach and, and watching the ships come in uh, yeah, to the... New York City. That's how we celebrate. That's how yeah. we remember our Civil War. Is that a ship? Uh, no, that's a grill. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what we'll be doing next week. And hope, you know, for, for people that listen to us in the States, I mean, you guys will be doing the same thing. You'll be out there grilling and chilling, I hope. Uh, it's the first official weekend of summer. Um, but uh, after that, uh, you know, is anybody planning on traveling down to Florida? Hell no. Uh, no. I won't be seeing Hell Lizzie no. for a while. Mm-mm. You know, I don't need to go to that state with them Mm-mm. Republican yeah, that- uh, asshole up in there. You know, he might keep me down there and deport me knowing that I am from the United States of America. <laughs> I don't want no problems. And I don't think he want none either. Yeah, for people that are not familiar with it, uh, Ron the Sanctimonious is, uh, is a Cheeto leader. <laughs> uh, Mango Mussolini, uh, Donald Trump calls him Ron the Sanctimonious. Ron, Ron, DeSan- uh, Ron DeSantis has been putting into place some of the most draconian, uh, really, really sick right-wing uh, sexual fever fantasies in, into law down there. And well, now there's... Hit the style. Yeah, exactly. Now it's almost it is, it is it is, you know. I hate you know. People say when you when you when you say Hitler, you lose the argument immediately. First person to say Hitler loses the argument, but these are really really fascist moves. Yeah, uh, the idea of you can't travel in Florida without your papers. If you are driving in the state, I believe I believe it's the case. If you're um, if you're undocumented, uh, they 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 will go ham on you. They will st- that gives the police reason to pull you over, stop you, and detain you. And the NAACP has said uh, is is issued a warning to black folks. This is almost like the nineteen fifties in the in the Green Book, where where, where you remember the, that movie, uh, the Green Book, where it was about yeah uh, back in the day when when black folks were traveling, you know, from the south to the north or north to the south. There was a book that they had that you could buy to tell you all the places you could stop for gas, places you could stop to go to the bathroom, places you could stop to eat, because the South was so segregated that you and 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 unsafe really for black travelers that you couldn't just go any old where. So the Green Book would kind of point you in directions of places where you could stay overnight, you could stay in a hotel, uh, or go to a restaurant and you know and, and know that you were gonna eat. You almost need a green book right now to go to Florida. It's, sure. it's, it's, it's that that insane. No, I said in a previous podcast, <clears throat> as as bad as Trump is, uh, DeSantis is, is more dangerous because he's smarter. I mean, he's Trump says a bunch of crazy things and the people around him enact some of those crazy things. DeSantis has enough smarts 
to enact his own craziness. He doesn't have to rely on as many people to, and as governor, you're almost like you, you're almost the king of the state quite in some regards. So he's, he is trying to, I know the Hitler thing is probably, you know, it probably weakened it by saying that, but it is definitely fascist. It's a lot of paranoid, pandering, and I wouldn't say ignorance because he clearly knows what he's doing. Ignorance is when you don't know what he's clearly know what he's doing. He's going for a target audience. I'm hoping it's super targeted that it doesn't have any kind of impact coming come election time. But it's scary that he's that malicious and mean spirited and, and evil. But I knew it. I, I saw it coming along. He he he's been cropping up for a while. So this is what we got. Yeah, they had a situation. Well, he had just signed a, a bill. Uh, to defund the DEI programs at Florida public ho- colleges. And this affects all mar- minorities, you know, blacks, Asian, whatever, you know, that they're not going to give them extra money, you know, for their curricula. But then there was a situation back in January when the the asshole threw a fit when the NHL was holding a uh, job conference to, um, you know, get the blacks, Asian, Pacific Islanders, Hispanics, uh, Latinos, and LGBTQ disabled individuals and veterans to, you know, sign up for this job in Florida. He got so mad that he signed a law that requires students and faculty to publicly to be sur- surveyed about their political beliefs. Yeah. So, yeah. So it just shows you how this man is like, in this time of 2023, just being right out there saying, we don't want you here. And this is what we're going to do. So you don't, you can't, you don't want to come here. We're going to strip you all this. We're going to ask you about your private business and all this. You're not supposed to do that. You're just a governor running a state. He's like, I'm the fucking president now and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And then the people that's behind them are all Republicans. If you ever seen the pictures of all of them standing together, not one black person in there. No. So it's you very fight, hard. When you're fighting Mickey Mouse, when you're going up against, you know, Disneyland down there, you know you have lost your mind with the money that they generate with folks visiting that state. He he's 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 out of his mind. I, I pray for those folks down there who have migrated from New York and go, went down there to retire. They might be coming back to New York, man, because he is on some next level. This is how we doing it here. If you don't like it, you can go. And when if he, you know, if, if Disney decides to pull out and they lose all that funding, he going to lose his dumb folks down there. I think that's when, you know, they're going to run him out of that state. Well, that's I, I'm glad you said that because my in-laws live in in in. Florida. And here's the thing that's happening right now that people are not aware of. I mean, it's starting to pop up on social media and start to see different TikToks or whatever people talking about it. A lot of migrants are leaving the state. And so what happens when all the migrants leave the state? Well, that means that there's nobody working the farms. Nobody's picking the lettuce. Nobody is picking the oranges. Nobody's picking all of the grapefruits. Nobody's picking the citrus. Nobody's working in the restaurants. Nobody's at the construction site. So think about Florida, which every time I've ever been out of there, they're always building. They're constantly building because people are moving. It's it's a fast-growing state. Nobody's finishing these condos. Nobody's finishing these developments. Nobody's finishing the the construction work. Uh, Truckers, I think, just got together and said, we're not delivering to Florida. 
So all of a sudden, the stuff on the on the shelves is starting to dry up. So he really put these people, his constituents, the state of Florida, in a bad way for his bullshit, you know, uh, hoop dream of being president. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, like and we ain't voting for him. Nah, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who. I mean, that might fly in Florida for 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 a very very small minority. Keep this in mind. He didn't win uh, when he first got elected. He he won his reelection by a lot, by by about you know a bunch of points. But when he ran against oh Andrew Gillum before Andrew got caught in the hotel room, before, when he ran against Andrew Gillum, uh, it was tight. That election was tight, tight, tight. Uh, and and you know, easily Andrew Gillum could have been could have been the governor of Florida. We'd be having a different conversation. But uh, yeah, I think you're right, Keith. I think people are gonna get tired of this. Uh, and to your point, Derek, anytime you go after Disney, Disney, you talk about now. billions of dollars, billions of dollars. First of all, not only do they have billions, they have billions of dollars worth of legal talent that work for them. They got, I mean, the the the. The PR people that work for them, they they can do whatever they eat. That's not the people you want to go against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that just those are the people you don't want to go against. Mickey's right now saying, fuck around and find out. That's that's Mickey's. <laughs> hey, and the famous words of my daddy, kiss my ass in the Macy in the Macy's window on 34th Street. <laughs> Street. That's what that's what Fuck her up. Yeah. It's and, coming. I mean, it is you. You mentioned Andrew, and you know, was those photos proven to be doctored? Because I think they were doctored with him in the hotel. Was that a, was that the issue? I don't know what I, you know. I, I, this this you you breaking news to me. I, I I didn't know that they were doctored. I just thought that. No, that I thought, no I'm asking because I think he was set up. I don't think he really did it. You know, I got to defend somebody today, right? Andrew didn't do it. You God don't think damn, he was man. in there smoking smoking meth? Nah, he didn't do that. They set him up. He was set up. He was set up like, what was the guy? The mayor of D.C., my <laughs> man? Marion Barry. That beat set me up. Can you believe that? I was, I was down there. I remember that. Yeah. He was set up. He was set up, set up. Yeah, Andrew had that yeah. race, man. I remember watching him on TV with his beautiful family. And before you know it, they got him in there sucking the glass. I'm like, no, this fool didn't do this. God damn, Andrew. Yeah, so and I'm just yeah, kidding. I can't defend I mean, Andrew. He's one of those guys I can't defend. He ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was so it was. It, I think the reason it's so shocking is because you did see him out there with his family. Yeah. This guy was highly articulate, uh, charming. Yes, he had it all going on. What they did find out though was like you know the corruption thing. They had a case against him, corruption case against him, that you know uh, there was no merit to, and so all the charges have been dropped. But you know that 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 already stays on your you know it's like you know the barn door is already you know open. Yeah. Uh, they, they accuse him of corruption, and then they drop the charges three or four years later. Don't nobody hear it, but you know people that are reading the news, and so you know he's going around as the corrupt dude that was smoking crack or meth or whatever in the hotel room with some guys uh, having gay sex. That was the allegation. I don't know. I don't. I mean, gay sex. A lot of smoke going sex. on. What? Doing a lot of smoking. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's exactly. So, so <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so you know, it's unfortunate that you know his his uh, his situation didn't allow him to to run against the Sanders again after we saw what the Sanders was. See, I think the first time, just like with Trump, the first time around, 
there were a bunch of people saying, ah, you know, how bad can he be? Give him a chance. Let's see what happens. And then after they saw what happened, they were like, oh, hell no. And then, But the problem for Florida was they ran, you know, they ran weakness against him instead of somebody like, like Gillum, who if you watch those, those debates, Gillum called him out. He was, he was on that ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Florida, see, people don't realize the, the state of Florida. Florida's shaped like a dick for a reason. Uh, people that haven't seen the map, it's, it's a penis. It's the penis hanging, it's, it's dangling into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the United States' penis. Um, but Florida, the government is in Alabama, they say, and 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 the people live in Miami. And that's what it is. You know, the, the Tallahassee is where the government, and Tallahassee is literally right right in the upper left hand corner of uh, of the state, right below Alabama. That's what Tallahassee is. Tallahassee is really like the South. Whereas if you go to Miami or you go to Orlando or you go to Tampa or you go to even Jacksonville, these are cities. They they, they feel the same as any other urban urban center, but the government is in Tallahassee, and that's the problem. So listen, folks, if you have not subscribed to Power to the People, make sure you do. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can get us. I'm rushing us off the air because Keith has got a game. That's more important than chat it up right Keith uh, <laughs> family I'm holding us down man so uh, if you have not subscribed make sure that you do anywhere you go to find your podcast you can find us uh, you can find us on social media at Power to the People on Facebook you can find us on Twitter at Power to the Peeps P-O-W-E-L-L the number two the letters D-A-P-E-E-P-S Power to the Peeps on Twitter you can find us all on Instagram and if you can't find us that way ask Alexa to play power to the people and she'll pull it right up for you. Find us on Pandora in your new car if you got one of those. Uh, and you can find us not next week, but the week after next because, as I said, it's a holiday. So we'll see you in a couple, folks. Peace. Peace.